Preston McClure. Way to go, Preston. Thank you, buddy. And it is good to see you, church. Friends, glad you're here this morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, would you take it at this time? Join me in the third book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to look at a story in just a moment towards the end of that chapter. This morning, we're beginning a new series. So if you're new today or you haven't been here in a while, praise the Lord. You're off and running with us in a brand new way, so you haven't missed anything. We're going to focus this morning and for the next couple of weeks on what we call spiritual disciplines, patterns of Jesus is the title of the series itself. You know, when we hear the word discipline. I don't know about you, but I tend to think that someone, probably me, is in trouble, right? There's discipline that has to happen. I tell people T is my middle initial. It stands for trouble, and I spend a great deal of time in that. But I think when we think of being in trouble, we also think that there's something that needs to be corrected, a wrong that we've done that we now need to write, and what happens when it comes to the new year is we make resolutions that have the the same desired outcome for us, things that we want to correct, things that we want to change in our lives. But you see, spiritual disciplines are patterns, and they are patterns of Jesus that teach us how to consistently turn our lives moment by moment, day by day, over to God so that we can experience this transformational life in Christ. And so the motivation then is different from resolutions and spiritual disciplines. The motivation to practice spiritual disciplines does not come from a threat to do what you're told, right? To, to stop doing that and start doing, doing this. It, that's not the motivation to, to implement and apply the spiritual disciplines of Christ. They do not come from threats. Rather, it begins with this inner longing to be more like Jesus. That there is a deep-seated desire to be closer to God today than I was yesterday to know his strength, to live in his love, to experience his peace. It's a great author, Dallas Willard, who says, we can become like Christ by doing one thing, and that one thing is following him in the overall style of the life that Jesus chose for himself. The patterns that he implemented, that he displayed, should be things in our lives that we have. That's really what spiritual disciplines are. They're ways of living to imitate the ways that Jesus lived. So in simple ways, Jesus prayed, so we pray. And he taught us how to pray. Jesus fasted, so we fast. Jesus spent time in solitude, so we spend time to learn the discipline of solitude. We can't be Jesus 
but we can strive and work towards being like Jesus. And so one of the ways that we learn to imitate the spiritual disciplines that Jesus lived and implement his patterns in his life have to do with our schedules and the way that we structure our time, the way that we prioritize the things in our lives, what I'm calling this morning the discipline of time. So would you stand in honor of reading God's word, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38, and a little story about the discipline of time. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Encourage you to keep your Bibles open this morning. Find your listening notes there inside your worship guide. And let's learn together about this important spiritual discipline of time. And in conjunction with our text here this morning in Luke chapter 10, I, I want to return us to a, a book that I shared with you back in the month of October last year. And I want us to ask the three questions that are found in chapter three of Vance Pittman's book, The Stressless Life. And maybe you are a reader, maybe you're looking for something new in 2024 to begin to read. This is certainly one of those books I would encourage, The Stressless Life. And the three questions that he asks in chapter three are going to be our guiding points for our time together. And I must tell you, they are difficult questions to hear, to absorb. And so I hope you will receive them and really contemplate on them. Because to pattern our life like Jesus requires us to have this discipline of time. And here's the first question that Pittman asks, the fill in the blanks on your listening notes. Does your schedule include time with Jesus or is it ordered around time with Jesus? Look again at the first two verses that we read in Luke 10, verse 38 and 39. Now, as they were traveling along, he, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. I want to be up front with you. You know, in my tenure as your pastor, I seek to be as honest and transparent with you as possible. And in doing so, you need to know that I have a number of Marthas in my life. Maybe you do as well. But in all honesty, I can also identify with Martha in my life, myself, and the way that she does things. Martha is a get-her-done gal. Martha welcomes Jesus into her home, 
when he comes into the village. And what does Martha do? Martha immediately goes to work to make sure that the master's time with them, the master's time in her home is absolutely perfect. So much so that maybe somebody will write about her in the Bible one day. Martha might be what we would call a person driven by deed, by what she does. But here's what I've learned about myself and the Marthas in my life and maybe you. Martha understands that Jesus is a guest in her home, but in that moment, my friends, make no mistake that Jesus was also a guest in her heart because she had no place for him that day, no time in her schedule for Jesus. He was a guest in her home and she welcomed him into her home. Went to work to make sure his time there was as perfect as possibly could be, but Jesus was a guest in her heart as well. Jesus was simply a blip on the radar, a blip in the schedule in all of the calendaring things in the moment. Martha would eventually get around to it. She would eventually get around to spending time with Jesus once and only once she had achieved all of her tasks. Martha would make room in her schedule And she would make room for Jesus once and only once she had checked off all the things on her to-do list for that day. But you see, spending quality time with Jesus has nothing to do with adding him on at the end of the day. Squeezing him in to the schedule that's already too tight for you to handle. Maybe squeezing him in into the lunch break that should be an hour, but you worked overtime, so it's 30 minutes for what you got to get back to doing. No, spending time with Jesus is learning to structure our days and the days of our lives around the patterns of Jesus. You see, for Mary, Jesus was not part of her plans for the day. Jesus was not written into the schedule. No, no, Jesus was the priority at that very moment. And he took priority over all other things that day. Nothing else mattered to Mary than sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I think part of learning the patterns of Jesus, these spiritual disciplines, requires us to make a choice in the way that we structure our time. To make a choice in the way that we determine what takes priority. To make a choice in the way we order our days. Because Henry Blackaby, and maybe you know that name, Blackaby said, a love relationship with God is more important than any other single factor in your life. And so if you want to be like Jesus, you want to learn from him and imitate him and these spiritual disciplines 
then you have to order your days around spending time with Jesus and not just shoving him into a corner in the last bit of time that you have in your day and on your schedule and on your to-do list and in your calendar. But here's the second question as we learn this discipline together. Pittman says, is your schedule dictated by what's urgent or is it designed to accomplish what is most important? Look at the last two verses of that chapter and of the story, 41 and 42. The Lord answers Martha after Martha says, Lord, would you tell my sister to get off her duff and help me with all of these tasks? Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and what? Bothered. Boy, this really gets under your skin, doesn't it, Martha? You are bothered. You are frustrated about so many things, not just that Mary's not helping you, but all the other things on your to-do list and your schedule. And he says, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing, Martha, matters, for Mary has chosen the good part, and that's not going to be taken away from her. When I have the privilege of meeting with couples who are preparing to get married, mostly for the very first time, I I often spend time with them and talk through with them some financial matters. Now, I am not a financial advisor by any means, but over time and mistakes that I've made, I've I've learned some tricks of the trade, if you will, and I I typically will use a statement with them that says, You have to learn to control your money or your money will control you. But in that thought, in preparation for this morning, I I have to tell you that I am learning the same is true when it comes to our schedules. That we must learn to control our schedules or our schedules will control us. Martha's day, that moment, was dictated by the urgent need that she felt to provide for the guest in her home. It's not wrong. It's just not right either. Because if Blackaby, if, if what Blackaby said is true and we believe it and, and we amen the statement that a relationship with God is more important than anything else, it begs the question, how are you and how are I designing our days around what is most important and what is most important is becoming more like Jesus? So if it's true, then, then there has to be an intentionality on my part to actually implement the discipline. And here's what Pittman writes in his book. And he's writing about this very moment in the story that we're talking about. He says, Martha allowed her time to be dominated by whatever was right in front of her. Whatever fires need to be put out in any given moment, rather than stepping back to evaluate the best way for her time to be spent. Do you ever feel like a firefighter? 
in your home, in your work life, that that's all you spend your time and your days doing is putting out fires and just what's right in front of you in this moment. And I can relate to that. I, I understand that. And so as we begin this new year, maybe for you and me, it has nothing to do with making some kind of New Year's resolution. No, it is all about personal evaluation. Two different things. Am I just seeking to correct something that I wish I was better at? Or am I seeking to implement a discipline that alters and changes the entire course of my life and the way that I think and the way that I live. Is a reprioritizing of your schedule needed on January 7th of 2024? Has it already gotten out of hand or did you just bring the chaos from one year into the next? Is a restructuring of your family's routine required so that you can learn the discipline of time. Jesus tells us very clearly, the choice is ours. Verse 42, Mary has chosen the good part. We choose the schedules that we keep, church. We choose the craziness in our lives. Choose the good parts and let all the other parts go. I know, easier said than done, I know. But listen to what Pittman says, and this, I gotta tell you, it just stepped all over me. He says, if you have more on your schedule than you can realistically accomplish in a day, then there are things on your schedule God did not put there. Now wait, he's not done punching me in the face. More importantly, he says, there are things on your schedule God does not want there. Think about it. You choose. And maybe there are things on your schedule the way you're trying to live your life and order your days and simply put out fires and what's right in front of you becomes most urgent, that you never step back and evaluate, are there things in my life, things on my schedule that God didn't put there and oh, by the way, he has nothing to do and does not want there. Maybe it's not a resolution, it's an evaluation because you learn to control your schedule or your schedule will control you. And then the third question he gives us in chapter three of Pittman's book, he says, does your schedule express a heart captivated by what's eternally significant or is it distracted by what's temporary? That middle verse of our story, verse 40, but Martha was distracted, underline that, with all her preparations, and she comes to complain to God that she doesn't have enough time or enough help to accomplish all of what needs to be done. Scripture says Martha got distracted. 
Happens to all of us, doesn't it? Because I believe if Satan cannot keep a lost person from getting saved, he will then keep a saved person busy and distracted so that that person has no time and no energy to sit and be still at the foot of Jesus. He's very crafty. And so you have to ask yourself, what do I easily get distracted by? Because Satan knows those things. Social media, kids, work, travel, fun, just the, the things of this world. Be very careful. First John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. I think that we forget sometimes as believers and followers of Jesus that we were not made for a temporary world like this world. We were made for an eternal destination. Don't get trapped. Don't get distracted by all the glimmer of this world and what she offers. Again, referring to Dallas Willard as we close, he has a book called The Spirit of the Disciplines. And in that book, Willard compares the regular practice of these spiritual disciplines that we're thinking and talking about to the practice and preparation that an athlete has and, and experiences and engages in when they're preparing for game day. Willard says a baseball player who expects to excel in the game without adequate exercise of his body is no more ridiculous than the Christian who hopes to be able to act in the manner of Christ when put to the test without the appropriate exercise in godly living. He says it's ridiculous, it makes no sense for a batter who never practices, never exercises to think that he's gonna step up to the plate and bat 500, if not greater, when he's never put in the work. There's no preparation, there's no discipline. And he said that ridiculousness is just like a Christian who thinks that if I go to church on Sunday and I make it maybe half of the 52 Sundays in a new year, well, I'm a little bit better than those other Christians, and if, if my schedule gets out of control, it's okay. I'll just take care of it when it happens. I'll put out the fires along the way. He says, man, that's crazy that you would think somewhere along the way you're actually going to live out these disciplines. Are you pursuing Jesus, or are you distracted by stuff? Life, work, family. Because you see, no spiritual discipline will be mastered in a day or by a certain period of time that you predetermine that you're gonna learn these disciplines, 90 days, six months, one year. No, these, these take years. And we can't be so discouraged or distracted early in the struggle that we simply give up. Seven days into the new year, you can do it. You have to practice. You have to make purposeful choices 
in your life, in your schedule, in your time. And you must intentionally learn to follow and implement the patterns of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you this morning for such a simple yet powerful story. And God, I pray for myself and all the Marthas in the room today, those watching online who either are easily distracted or simply focused on the urgent, what's right now, and living a schedule, Lord, that there is no way they can maintain. God, I pray that we would be more like Mary. And God, that we would order our day around you. That spending time with you becomes what's most important to us. God, that we're not distracted by all the the glory that this world has to offer because it's fading glory. God, for eternal things that you have in store for us one day. God, I pray that in this new year that we don't spend time making resolutions, seeking simply to make a correction in our lives, but intentional evaluation. And God, working on all the other spiritual disciplines, well, they're a little bit easier when, when we're disciplined with our time. As you pray where you're at this morning, maybe... Maybe the Lord has challenged you through the power of his word. And maybe you're here today or online and for the first time you would say, I want to know and receive this Jesus that Mary chose to spend her day sitting at his feet, listening and learning. I want to know that Jesus. If that's you in a moment, we're going to stand and sing and some of our staff will be available for you down front. Maybe you're more comfortable making your way even now to the area in the foyer of next steps where some counselors are waiting to receive you and encourage you and pray with you. If you're watching online this morning and you too want to make that decision, then you can use an email, nextsteps at huntersglen.org, and we'll talk this week. We'll connect, we'll communicate. But you know, maybe you're here today, friends, and It's time to follow through in baptism and that discipline of obedience. Maybe it's time to connect your family with this church family and be a part of what God is doing here in the life of Hunter's Glen. Maybe, maybe in the new year you've known and you've put off for a long time that God has been calling you to a certain mission or ministry and today you would answer that call and you would say, yes, Lord, I will order my day around you. You have my schedule, you have my life, and you have all things. If that's you, again, our staff will be available to you in a moment when we stand and sing. You come. But maybe it's just simple as I need to pray and I need to ask God to show me the areas in my calendar, my schedule, and for my family that they've got to change. And that I would yield to the Lord and say, God, there are things on my calendar that have no place there. You didn't put them and you don't want them. Come and leave them at this altar today. Let's not rush out of here. Let's do business with the Lord. God, do you have us? Would you have your way with us? We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? Let's sing.